no matter what level you're at, like you've only got a certain amount of time. You don't, don't get a second chance to make a first impression, right? You've got only got a certain amount of time. Make your impression, be impactful, and that person will continue to come back to you. You've got to sell yourself as well as the knowledge that you have. It's not just what we know. We've got to care, right? We've got to care. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sports RD Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession, snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sports Arty Snippets. I'm so excited to have Rob Skinner today on the podcast. Rob is a veteran sports dietitian that shares his incredible perspective and insight on the profession that will leave you feeling inspired. From the collegiate to professional to tactical to the Olympic level, Rob Skinner has done it all. Rob Skinner is the senior sports dietitian with Acrobat and Combat Sports at the United States Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. He brings over 20 years of experience working as a dietitian and exercise physiologist with athletes as well. Prior to coming to the USOPC, Rob was working in the NFL at the Washington Redskins, where his primary responsibilities were advising players about eating for performance, investigating new performance technologies, educating players on issues regarding dietary supplements, and working with the Redskins executive chef to provide healthy meal options. Rob also spent three years in Virginia Beach, where he worked as the performance dietitian exercise physiologist for the Naval Special Warfare, working with the U.S. Navy SEALs. Prior to this role, Skinner was the director of sports nutrition at the University of Virginia for three seasons and spent 10 years working with student athletes in a similar capacity at Georgia Tech. He also served as a nutrition consultant for the NFL Atlanta Falcons in the spring of 2007. Rob is a registered dietitian with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, as well as a member of SCAN and a previous board member of CPSDA. Skinner also holds certifications as a certified specialist in sports dietetics, a certified strength and conditioning specialist, and a certified exercise physiologist. Skinner has authored and co-authored several publications, including the chapters on aerogenic aids and working with the collegiate athlete in the AND publication, including Sports Nutrition, a Guide for Professionals Working with Active People, 3rd edition, and working with the collegiate athlete in Weight and Body Focus Sports, 4th edition. Skinner graduated with a bachelor's degree in education from the University of Georgia, as well as a bachelor's degree in nutrition from Georgia State University. He also has a master's degree in exercise science from Georgia State University. Rob is originally from Atlanta, Georgia, and now resides in Colorado Springs, Colorado with his wife, Barbara. Let's jump in and let's meet Rob. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Liz. How are you doing? It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Couldn't ask for better weather here in Colorado, so we're we're all good. I know it's nice here too, and we're recording this now. It's like late, late mid September, but um, but yeah, you're going to Spain on Tuesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, we leave. Uh, uh, the boxing team leaves for an international camp and then a competition 
And then we take a train from Spain to France and we do a, another international camp and competition there. So I'll be gone from, I guess, the 30th of September to the 30th of October. So I'm on. I'm sure you've been asked this question a lot, but with the Olympics being canceled, like what's the momentum now with the athletes? Is it, are people looking forward to it? I'm sure it was hard at the beginning, but I'm sure everyone wants to know. It's been very hard, uh, obviously very hard on the athletes and coaches. Uh, and it wasn't canceled, Liz, it was postponed. It was postponed. So I'm let's, so not, let's not use the cancel word. So, um, um, but yeah, I, I mean, for the athletes that I work with, and I work with combat and acrobat athletes, and for the combat athletes that are in weight, weight management sports or weight, weight category sports, it's been tough because it, uh, they've got nothing, nothing to, to train for, like nothing, you know, there's nothing coming up and we're just now getting back to some international competitions and tournaments. And so now they've got something. And unfortunately, uh, I mean, that weight creep happens uh, uh, during this time and yeah. when you have nothing to train for it, or, or no facilities or whatever. So now we're kind of dealing with, uh, you know, some weight management issues with the, we, we like them to be within certain percentage of their fight weight so that, so that it's not drastic. Uh, we don't have to use a drastic measures to get them down. So uh, right now we're good because we, we don't have a whole lot going on, uh, but it's coming. And the people who take it serious and get their weight under control will have much better weight reduction. We call it a weight descent to competition because I don't like weight cutting. I know that's what it is, but we're-, we're oh, I we're, like that better. I've never heard that we're, before. We're weight descending to competition versus just yeah. cutting it, right? And so um, we want time and we have time. So we need to do it the right way. That's awesome. I know. And I feel like what's nice, it's September. I feel like time is not flying, but I feel like they can see the end goal at least now versus March of 2020 must have been really hard. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. So I like to start these episodes off with how we know each other. So Rob, I think I met you probably at APW in 2017. And then I don't know if you remember this, but I saw you at SCAN in Charlotte like oh, yeah. next year. And I was like, I think I was only a dietitian for one year and you knew my name. You were like, hi, Liz. And I was like, why does he know my name? And I just feel like, you know, everybody's name and you're just such like a down to earth person. And I think for anyone that's like a student, that's like afraid to talk to like professionals or um, in our field, like just don't be afraid to go up to someone and say, hi, um, we're just people too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that a lot. I've, I've had some emails. I was scared to email you and ask a question. I'm like, well, why? That's almost like scarier to get that email. Yeah, I'm like, why? Why would you be scared of me? I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy. Oh, that's so funny. Well, I'm honored to have you, and let's jump in. So, Rob, can you take us through your career path up until this point, where you started and where you are today? Yeah, it's been a great. Uh, I've been doing this for 24 years. I've been a sports dietitian, and uh, I started at Georgia Tech in Atlanta, my hometown. And never thought I would leave because what a great place to be, my hometown, and um, and my wife and I, Barbara, my wife, and and we stayed there for 10 years, and it was really good. And then there was a change in administration, and it caused me to have some angst about what was going on, and 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 I I needed to leave, and so <clears throat> I got some good advice from some people there because. Um, 
I, I didn't want to leave because of the athletes, right? No one ever does. Like athletes are never the reason that you want to leave. It's always something else, administratively or whatever. And um, and uh, Bobby Robinson, the one of the senior athletic directors at the time, told me you're a four year phenomenon, and it's harsh to un- to realize that, but. After I left, four years after that, no athlete knew who I was, right? And so it's hard to understand that. But yeah, we're four-year phenomenons. And so I left there and went to another university, went to the University of Virginia and uh, worked there for about three years, three and a half years. I, I get the years mixed up. And then I got the opportunity to go work with Naval Special Warfare, which is the Navy SEALs and, and special boat drivers. Uh, down in Virginia Beach. Um, and then I, I got a call. I got an opportunity to go interview at the Washington NFL franchise. And I decided to go experience that. And then I got a call in 2015 asking if I was interested in interviewing for this position here at the Olympic Training Center. And since it was going to be one year before the 2016 games, I was like, wow, what a great, what a great timing of opportunity um so I, I did it and and i like to feel uh i steal this from karen daigle another dietitian friend of mine that works is, is in the army she's a major and uh, she liked to say she was a collector of experiences and i stole that for sure from her and i want to collect experiences i, I want to do everything with everybody so that's that's awesome. where i'm at that's cool. I think you have done almost everything, right? Or if everything at this point. I, well, I've done, I've done, I've, I think, I'm not sure, but I think I'm the only f- person who's done full-time, full-time, not a consultant in tactical pro college and the Olympics. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, can you fun. tell us, can you tell us about your experience at Georgia Tech for 10 years? What did you learn about yourself over those years? Any life lessons along the way? From start to end. Good gracious. I learned a lot in 10 years at Georgia Tech. Um, I, I think some of your other guests have, have talked about some of the things I still say to interns or fellows or contractors, but we definitely definitely learned how to over uh, under promise and over deliver. I, like I don't ever want to over promise and then not not follow through. I think follow through is a big thing for our profession. It builds trust with the athletes and the coaches. And if, if you're going to say you're going to be there, you got to be there. Like that's, there's no doubt about it. And so the other thing I learned is that I was, you know, in college athletics, I'm a four-year phenomenon. Like that, that yes, people are going to be sad when you leave, but if there's an opportunity for, for you to experience something new or better yourself or, you should do it. You know, uh, there's always a freshman class. There's always, the timing is never right. And, you know, that's one thing I learned. The timing is never right to leave. Your, your coaches and athletes never going to want you to leave. However, you've got, you, you are in charge of you and you're in charge of your education. You're in charge of maintaining your, your knowledge in, in our field and you're in charge of your career. So no, People, people help you along the way, and, and I've had loads of help, don't get me wrong, but just remember, there's always a freshman class, and Randy Bird, Leah Thomas is doing a great job at Georgia Tech, better than I ever did. Randy Bird doing a great job at UVA, better than I ever did, so 
it's sometimes it it takes you leaving so someone else comes in and actually can see the potential of the place and both lee and randy have taken those programs well beyond my my thought process trust me that is so cool i've never heard that perspective before but i mean that's pretty amazing think of who could come after you and take over and make even your vision bigger than you might have even thought to begin with yeah and my goal has always been i I, I want to do a good enough job so when I do leave, they replace me. I don't want me to leave oh, no. yeah, yeah. and then them not have another dietitian in that spot. I, and, and, you know, you always have those favorite people who, when you leave a program, if, you know, or wherever you're at and they go, we can't do it without you. Of course they can do it without you. Of course they can. And especially if they're, and my answer to that is always like, Yes, you can, as long as you hire the right person. And here's three names. I always have three names in my replacement. I always want to give my boss, here's who my replacement is. And if you don't go after these people, you're crazy. These, this is the people you should go after. I love that. As an NFL consultant with the Atlanta Falcons in 2007, and then later working with the Washington Redskins, can you tell us more about your experience at the pro level and just touch on how the field has grown throughout the years? Well, I was the fourth dietitian hired full-time in the NFL when I was with Washington. Now, my stint at the Falcons was I worked four, two four-hour days a week. So it was practically nothing. So I was there to, to deal with people who were not doing what they should do, right? So, but, the, but at Washington, what I learned, and it hit me one day when I realized that the owner of the team also was an owner in some entertainment properties. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because as you know from college athletics, you get a chance to be with those athletes thick and thin for four to five years typically. And you get to see them develop and, and mature. But when you get to the pro level, the opportunity for advancement or in their athletic prowess is small. So you don't have a big, big window that they're going to get bigger, faster, stronger. Right. And it occurred to me because our owner owned entertainment that I am in the entertainment business. And my, my goal is to manage entertainment assets because that's what it really is, is you're trying to keep that jersey on the field basically to sell more jerseys. Everybody wants to win games, don't get me wrong. And I've never been to a Super Bowl. Ted Harper, who's who's been to many, like you're there to win games. And, and I get it with the New England Patriots. Oh, I know. I'm a, I'm a Pats fan. Okay. You're there to win games, and that's that's true. But really, you're there to keep the athletes healthy and on the field and hopefully extend their career which was not unlike the military. My goal was to extend the, the SEAL operator's career, keep them healthy, keep, keep them going and things like that. Um, so I think the difference to, for me, the difference was when I got to, when I was working with the pros is it, it really is about maintaining that million dollar asset, multi-million dollar assets and keep keeping them on the field. And so that, that means a lot of stuff like recovery and, and things that we do well as nutrition uh, professionals, but recovery from from games, from workouts, uh, making sure they're fueled daily uh, well, 
things like that. Uh, so I, I think that was the biggest difference for me. And now, like I said, I was the fourth in, in the fourth professional. Uh, there was only four at the time. And, and so I was the fourth. And uh, now I think there's probably only four or five teams that don't have full-time people. So, I mean, how great is that? And that was 2013 that I went there and it's 2020. I, I know that seems like a long time. It's not, it's seven years later, you've got almost every single NFL team with a full-time sports dietitian, which is what we want, right? We want to expand the profession. We want to grow, um, grow our brand as sports dietitians to, so that teams know that we are a value add. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible, like how you're saying like seven years feels like a long time, but it really, it's not to make such big strides in our industry. And obviously not just at the pro level, but at every level, it's, it's just amazing. Well, unfortunately, I'm old enough to remember when I was only, there was only two full-time sports dietitians in college. So, I mean, look at where it is now. And that was 24 years ago, but look at where it is now, you know, in, in, relatively half of my life yeah right? no and I've been thinking about it too like just I feel really fortunate that I entered um, the field around like 2015-16 and you know right after deregulation and I feel so fortunate that all the veteran sports dietitians you guys were doing all the the grunt work and in, in 2010 and 11 I mean I never even was trying to become a sports dietitian I was in high school and so I think all these dietitians coming up just knowing like this wasn't just here waiting for you like someone did a lot, of, a lot of people put a lot of hard work in for, you know, collegiate sports dietitians or sports dietitians in general, just to be the norm in whatever realm that they're in. So I find that very interesting. So being one, if not the only person that has worked at the collegiate, tactical, professional, and Olympic levels, can you share any insight on each level? Okay. So collegiate level, where I started my career, pros, you get you get to actually develop athletes. I think that's a huge pro and you get to be with them for four to five years. Um, con, it is a incredible grind. The, the most rewarding yet the hardest job I've ever had has been college athletics because it is an entire, it's from August until May. It's an entire school year. And don't get me wrong. I know people stay in the summer, but at least it's lighter load than it is during the school year. So that school year grind is probably the biggest con um, it's also makes things very easy. Like, you know, your schedule, like, you know, from August until May, you know, don't make any wedding plans. Don't make any funeral plans. Like, I mean, I probably, and I know everybody does the job different. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, I know I missed a lot of, of family stuff during that time when I was, when I was brand new, because I wanted to make an impression and, the, and, the, and it was good. It was, I didn't miss anything too bad. Trust me. Um, uh, but those are the pros and cons of college. So the next job I had was tactical. So in the SEAL teams, in working with the SEAL teams. So I think the pro to that is you you are kind of in the service service to your country, which I believe in. I was a I was in, in the army before I became a dietitian, but service to your country. So you're you're doing that. You're giving your knowledge and your time. Um, and that's another big pro is the time because it's it's pretty much um, no weekends and and uh, an eight hour workday. You know they don't they don't like to give you overtime. So the government doesn't. So they like to keep you in a forty hour work week and they don't usually 
ask you to go on weekends unless it's a special thing like a training trip or something like that. But they're not every weekend like football or every weekend like basketball. So uh, or any of the many other sports that we we all deal with in college. So that's nice. The con, quite frankly, I mean, obviously, there's bureaucracy in the government. But the biggest con for me was uh, was you lose guys like it, it, it. I do get a little tweak sometimes when people are like talking about sports and they're going to battle and they're going to war but I was actually working with people going to war and not coming back and so going to the funerals and the and the um, um, memorial services and things like that it, it does wear on you after a while uh, but it hopefully those are few and far between more now than in the, the when we were busier over overseas for the for the guys. Um, in the pros, I think you have to remember you're working with you, the entertainment asset, right? Like you're managing an entertainment asset that, it, and while it's again, very important to win and everybody does, but it, winning solves a lot of problems on teams, especially in the pros. But I think what you have to remember is this person, this is this person's livelihood. And so they're, they are, they are the, the pro to that is you have, even though it's a small window to, to get them better, you do have an opportunity to keep them where they're at, like maintain their physical abilities. The, the con is really just the season. The season is typically August to, for us, December, for Ted Harper, January. But so for, so you're seven days a week, you're on call. Like you're, you're there seven, seven days a week. And it's usually pretty long days, uh, 12, 15 hour days or whatever. So, so in the off season, it's a little bit normal of a job, but during the season, that grind is there. And then here, um, the Olympic, well, obviously the Olympics, summer Olympics only come around every four years, right? But what people don't realize is the world championships and all the things you do to get to the Olympics that are every single year. So I travel, uh, as my, my wife lets me know frequently, I travel six, about six months a year, I'm on the road. Wow. And so, so that takes a special kind of uh, partner to, to put up with that kind of stuff. And I, I do have one and, and she's great, so. But that's probably the, the con here. The pro here is you work with some very, very, very elite level athletes that are just the best at what they do. Wow. That was such a great snapshot of every single level. That was great. In my first two interviews, you had shout outs from your mentees. From those you have mentored in the field that have become successful sports dietitians, what strengths did you see in them early on in their career? Um... Well, I, I know the two people you're speaking of, Meredith is, Meredith Price is one, and I think Kelly Rossi was the other. Um, I, I, I don't usually, I got to tell you, I don't usually t take interns or fellows or anybody that I, I don't see something in, right? And so I think what I see in, uh, I can tell you how, how Meredith, Meredith was sitting in a in an office somewhere else and head down typing on her computer and I would just walk by every day and point at her and then she finally said what and I was like you got you got some get up and go come on let's go 
you you need to, you need to work. You don't need to be sitting in that office plugging nutrients in on a computer or whatever. Let's go to practice. And so that's how she became like my intern. Uh, but I think it's a lot of it is uh, good personalities, hard work, uh, or work ethic. I guess uh, not necessarily hard work, but the the ability to work hard. So um, and Kelly Rossi is just a, a complete her like big brain, right? She's so smart. And when she was working for the office of Naval research and we were talking, I was like, this, this girl that like, why would she want to go in sports? She's too smart. Like she's really, really smart. And, but she wanted to. And, and so with her, it was just drive. She just had so much drive, but I, I think everybody, uh, all young, the successful young dietitians, they know how to work hard. They've got good work ethic. They've got a good personality, not meaning necessarily they've got to be happy all the time. God knows I'm not, but, but be authentic, be real and make, make connections with people quickly. So like with you, I don't remember saying hi Liz to you, but that made an impact on you, right? I, I do try to remember people's names. And so just being able to connect with the athlete quickly because we don't know how long we have them. like no matter what level you're at like you've only got a certain amount of time you don't don't get a second chance to make a first impression right you've got only got a certain amount of time make your impression be impactful and that person will continue to come back to you you've got to sell yourself as well as the knowledge that you have it's not just what we know we've got to care right we've got to care and so i think caring work ethic all those things are what i noticed uh, successful people that I've been around as well as young, young dietitians have that make them, make them great. So. That's awesome. I remember my first CPSDA conference, I was like walking in to a session that was already going on and Jen Gibson had on one of her slides. It was like, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Um, and that, that's just like the definition I feel like of a lot of sports dietitians and like you said, connecting with our athletes, being authentic and really wanting to help them as a person first. And then, you know, the education stick. So that's great. All right. What has been the most rewarding yet unexpected part of your career up until this point? Um, wow. That's, that's a lot. Um, I'll just use this job. Okay. Cause <laughs> I don't know if I can remember um, I think probably one of the most rewarding things that I've done has been pull off a Thanksgiving dinner in India for the boxing team, because when most grocery stores in India don't know what a turkey is, let alone um, where you can get one. And uh, me and the strength coach, Jose Polanco, is a great guy, we scoured New Delhi until we found kind of an expat grocery store and they had turkeys and we got the guy who at the grocery store to actually cook them for us, do everything. And we surprised the team because um, they were not happy with the food there, but we surprised the team because they're away from home on Thanksgiving where we surprised them with a, a Thanksgiving dinner with stuffing and mashed potatoes and the whole, whole works. And that's probably one of the, 
there's they still talk about it today. Like just this week, one of the staff members was like, I can't believe you guys pulled off a turkey dinner in, in India. Like that was the best thing ever. That was I really needed it. So that was nice. But there's been a lot of I've I've had a lot of great times with, with at, at all of my places. They, they, and it's good that we have selective memory. You forget the bad times, right? And you only remember the good times. And that's what you that's what you take away from from those roles. And and I've had a lot of good times. I've had a lot of good times. Yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously Rio was a great time. The 2017 World Championships for wrestling, when they haven't won the World Championships in 25 years, that was a great time. Um, jumping out of an airplane uh, strapped to a seal, like, believe it or not, that was a pretty good time, too, you know, even though it was a little scary from 15,000 feet up in the air it, with a guy who was, just needed a body to to, oh to practice with right and so so I mean there's there's been all kinds of great things all kinds of great things I I love that though that the Thanksgiving one came up first because I feel like when I ask a lot of people that question I I think sometimes people might expect the answer to be like when we won the championship or when I that athlete understood recovery but the yours was about like connection and bringing home to somewhere you know far away and I don't know I, I just think it's really cool well, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. I know young, di well, I, I feel like some young dietitians don't, they, they don't like the food service aspect of nutrition. And I, I look at it as the vehicle to get what we're educating them on to them, in, the, in them. And, and so me setting up a Thanksgiving dinner that people still talk about today, two years later, was never a hardship. That wasn't a, oh, I got to go set up a Thanksgiving. It was, I get, like, I'm going to solve a problem that this team has, and I'm going to make an impact, right? I'm going to give them what they need and they want. Understanding the food service brings you together. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really on so many levels, on so many levels. And I'm a big fan of food service, so it's hard for me when someone says, and I have had interns come in and say, well, I don't like food service, and I'm like, you don't have to like it, but you got to know it. You don't have to like working in a hospital, but you got to know clinical. You don't have to like speaking in front of people, but you got, you better know how to speak, get in front of a team. Like we've got to know that's community. We got to know these yeah. things and, and at least be proficient. Not, maybe not an expert. You may, maybe you're not a chef and that's fine. I'm not either, but you should know how to cook. You know, you should know how to feed. I could probably do a whole episode on food service and get some different opinions there. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received in your career up until this point? <laughs> uh, probably the four-year phenomenon thing. is There's never a good time to leave. There's never a good time to leave uh, uh, anywhere. But if you've got an opportunity that you think is, I don't want to say better, you know, I, I've, I've always wanted to run to a new experience and not away from a past experience. Mm -hmm. So I would almost when, it, when my jobs are going poorly, I, I, I dig in like a tick and I don't want to leave because I want to make it better, right? There comes a point in time where maybe you don't have the influence to make it better. And so you need to seriously look in the mirror and go, and that's what happened to me. I mean, I, I had an intern come eat lunch with me when at my last year at Georgia Tech and, and he said, Rob, Rob, 
you are not the same guy that I, that I interned with than when I was an intern here. He was a, a marketing intern. He's like, you're not the same guy. They took Rob away from Rob. You need to find Rob. And I came back, I came back from lunch that day. I live close to campus. I came back from lunch that day with my resignation letter and turned it in. Like that was it. Like he was right. And this 22 year old marketing intern, Brian. Uh, Do you think Brian, Brian will listen to this? <laughs> I, I hope so. I, I can't find him, but anyway, I, I, cause I always want to call him and thank him. You can't find him? No. So, um, but Brian, Brian gave me the courage to go, you're right, man. Like, I'm not the same guy. Don't let anyone take you away from you. And, and again, be authentic. You can't be someone else. You'll be miserable. And I was for one year and I won't do it again. So, love that. so anyway, yeah, I think you have to, you have to, you have to realize when it's time to go. And, and sometimes it's, it's time to go before your employer wants you to, which is nice. That's always nice to leave on a, on a high note. And sometimes you, your employer may not care. And at that point in my career, my employer did not care. He, they were like, <laughs> yeah, out of here. Wow. That's incredible. All right. Are you ready for the rapid fire round? Sure. All right. Scariest thing you've ever done? Probably jump out of an airplane 15,500 feet in the air strapped okay. to this Navy SEAL. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> well, it wasn't, wasn't as terrifying until he said, if something goes wrong, we were standing in the door of the plane and he said, if something goes wrong, I'm cutting you loose and you're going to die. And then we jumped out of the plane. So that was, that was in my ears right before. Now, those guys are hilarious, right? Yeah, they're, they're funny guys. We're going to say they're, they're fired. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, they're hilarious. Anyway, okay. All right, secret to being a good mentor. Um, list, listening to your mentees. Uh, I probably had learned more from my mentees than they ever would imagine. And um, I, I've had some mentees that have have maybe not okay one is listen to them the second thing to being a good mentor is set expectations at the get-go yes. so i tell all my all my interns fellows everyone contractors <clears throat> if we can't get on the same page then someone has to leave and it's not going to be me <laughs> so that's the first thing we talk about and then we go how do we best communicate with each other? So um, I'm a big fan of communication. I, uh, my, my motto is commit to communicate because you got to commit to communication every day or you forget about it. It's easy to forget to tell someone something or email someone something. You got to commit. You got to say, you know, I want my mentor for me. I want my mentee. I want my boss. I want everyone to know exactly what's going on so there is no confusion or unmet expectations and as long as you have that going you know, as long as more times than not the misunderstanding of expectations tends to cause conflict hmm. in in my opinion yes. and as long as i set the expectations out front and they set their expect what do, what do you expect of me i ask them all the same thing here's what i expect and what do you expect because if, if you expect me to text you every five minutes and tell you what to do, that ain't going to happen. So we got to figure out another way, right? So that's what I think. 
expectation. Sorry, it's not very yeah. rapid when you. No, talk you're fine. Now, <laughs> now, now, a little lighter of a topic. Yeah. It's baked potato or sweet potato? Sweet potato for sure. Hmm. Best place you've traveled as a sports RD? Best place. Wow. Uh, I've been to 42 different countries as a sports dietitian. Probably uh, Argentina. Hmm. Argentina. Very cool. Buenos Aires. All right. Last question. Are you ready? Yeah. If you could tell your younger RD self one thing, what would you say? Um, let it go. You got to let stuff go. Um, it's, it's not always a slight on you if someone forgets to give you the team gear. Sometimes they just forget. It's not always a slight on you if you get left off the travel roster. Sometimes they don't have enough money. It's not always a slight to you if the athlete doesn't listen. Sometimes they just don't listen. So let it go. Move, move on to the people who need your help because there's plenty of them out there. I love that. Let it go. Well, Rob Skinner, thanks so much for being on today. It was an honor to have you and safe travels to Spain. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so please stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening.